Leaders of area hospitals urge people to get vaccinated. School is back in session and COVID is impacting districts across southeast Georgia and a Guyton man faces charges stemming from the riot on the Capitol on January 6th. Those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. COVID-19 infections continue to climb in southeast Georgia to record numbers in Chatham County. This week, the county set new highs in seven-day rolling average and community transmission index. The county also set a new record in COVID hospitalizations. On Thursday, August 12th, there were 221 COVID patients in Chatham County's three hospitals, including 109 at Memorial. On July 13th, there were just 35. Those numbers according to the Coastal Health District. It's a similar story across other counties, especially with cases in community hospitals. Health leaders say this is the third major spike of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's a trend that is leaving many frontline workers frustrated. On Monday, August 9th, leaders from hospitals in the Coastal Health District's eight counties gathered in Savannah to plead with people to get vaccinated. Here's Liberty Regional Chief Nursing Officer Donna Cochran, followed by Memorial Health Associate Chief Medical Officer Dr. Stephen Thacker. The vaccine is absolutely something that you can all do to help. We are tired. We're at wit's end. The staff is overwhelmed. Taking care of your community, taking care of your family, possibly watching them die. This is something we have never seen before. It's trying times. I've been doing this for 26 years and never have we seen anything like this. Please recognize that individual choices matter. You know, your choice matters when it comes to vaccination. In the last seven days, we've had seven deaths from COVID-19 at Memorial Health, adding to the now over 21,000 mothers, fathers, grandparents, daughters, and sons of Georgia that have died in Georgia hospitals during this pandemic. At this point, through science and research, we've learned a lot about how to better treat this disease and prevent death for most. But we've also learned from this same science and research that the most effective and best strategy to not be harmed by this infection is through vaccination. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp was in southeast Georgia earlier this week as well. The governor agreed that vaccination is the best way to protect yourself from COVID-19, but adds getting vaccinated is a personal choice. Here's the governor. To me, I think it's up to all of us to continue to talk about it, but also don't think mandating on people or trying to push it down on them too hard is going to work. People got to get comfortable in their own in their own way, and some people are never going to get comfortable and this is America they got freedoms and individual responsibilities and individual rights to you know take the vaccine or not um, you know I personally am glad I took it. COVID is also impacting back to school early in the year four small districts in the state of Georgia have temporarily shut down in-person classes due to high COVID-19 case counts Macon County, Tolliver County, Glasscock County, and Talbot County have all made the change in recent days. According to the Associated Press, those four districts serve less than 1% of the state's 1.7 million students. Districts in southeast Georgia have also been affected. 49 students from one bus route in Long County were quarantined after a possible exposure, the school system announced on Tuesday, August 10th. According to Chatham County Schools' first COVID weekly report released Tuesday, 230 students have tested positive and nearly 1,200 students and personnel are in quarantine. That works out to less than 1% of students with a positive case and around 3% in quarantine. 
On Wednesday, August 11th, Superintendent Dr. Ann Levette says the school system expected COVID-19 cases as the school year began. While she says they are discouraged with the amount of cases the system is already seeing, they will continue to move forward and they have faith in their mitigation strategies. Our intention is to keep the doors open. We worked really hard to get to five days a week and that's where we want to stay. Now, we're not going to do that at the risk of detriment to health and safety. So thus we will be watching the signs, we'll be watching the numbers, and we'll continue to work with our healthcare professionals. District leaders say they have no thresholds to change course at this point, but will continue to monitor and pivot if needed. Dr. Levette also urged families to not send children to school if they're sick or awaiting test results. South Carolina's Department of Health and Environmental Control is strongly encouraging students and staff to wear masks in school buildings. The state's budget prohibits school systems from mandating mask wearing, and Governor Henry McMaster says he will not support those mandates in schools. Here's what the governor said on Thursday, August 12th in Somerville, South Carolina. I think that that law recognizes that it is parents who need to be making those decisions. Uh, the, often the parents, uh, their knowledge of what is right and best for their children uh, is, is not considered in a lot of decisions. Joining the K-12 systems throughout the WTOC viewing area in returning to school, Georgia Southern University welcomes students back to class this week. More than 27,000 students returned to the university's three campuses in Statesboro, Savannah, and Hinesville, with many of the COVID protocols from the previous school year lifted or loosened. Like many public universities in the state, Georgia Southern students are back face-to-face learning and with masks encouraged but not required. Savannah State University's fall semester begins Monday, August 16th. A Guyton man is facing charges stemming from the January 6th riot at the United States Capitol. According to the Department of Justice, 43-year-old Brian Ulrich is charged with federal offenses that include conspiracy, obstruction of an official proceeding and aiding and abetting, and entering or remaining in a restricted building or grounds. In the indictment, Ulrich is accused of agreeing to plan and participate in an operation to interfere with the certification of the Electoral College vote. The indictment states Ulrich was in communication with other defendants as early as December 31, 2020. In an invite-only message group, Ulrich reportedly posted messages asking about bringing guns and having a second backpack just for ammo. The indictment says on January 6th, Ulrich reportedly entered the east side rotunda doors of the Capitol and exited those same doors within approximately 12 minutes. According to the DOJ, Ulrich is also accused of aggressively berating and taunting law enforcement officers in riot gear guarding the perimeter of the Capitol. On Wednesday, Ulrich was granted bond. WTOC's Sean Evans was in the federal courthouse for that hearing. Here's Sean's report from Wednesday evening. Brian Ulrich came into the federal courtroom today shackled and after about a half-hour hearing, left the courthouse no longer in the custody of U.S. Marshals. Brian Ulrich was indicted last week and added to an 18-defendant conspiracy case related to the January 6th Capitol breach. Ulrich was being held in Effingham County Jail until his appearance today. In the courtroom, the U.S. Magistrate Judge reviewed Ulrich's rights and discussed the terms of bond, which were previously hashed out by an assistant U.S. District Attorney and Ulrich's attorney, a lawyer out of Richmond Hill. Ulrich was granted a $25,000 unsecured bond, which means he doesn't have to hand over the cash right now. Some of the terms of his pretrial release include no contact with members of the Oath Keepers or any co-defendants, witnesses, or victims. He's also not allowed to use platforms that have encrypted communication. 
Ulrich's travel will be restricted as well. He's only allowed to travel within the 43 Georgia counties in the Southern District of Georgia Judicial Circuit, as well as Florida, South Carolina, Kansas, and Illinois for his work. Ulrich can also go to Washington, D.C., but only for court proceedings for his case. He'll also be under federal supervision. The charge that carries the harshest punishment if convicted is the second count, obstruction of an official proceeding and aiding and abetting a maximum of 20 years in prison. Ulrich's next hearing will be remotely this Friday with the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. Tune into the news every night for the latest news, weather, and sports. You can stay up to date all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.